Welcome to C's for Creepy. My name is Elise. And my name's Courtney. Join us every week as we discuss our favorite true crime and paranormal stories. From A to Z. Welcome back to another episode of C is for Creepy. Thank you to everyone for listening to last week's episode. As always, it's great to see all of the downloads and views. Please make sure that you always like like us, give us a five-star review, you know, help us get on the map. That would be super awesome. And we do have some stuff in the works, so make sure you follow follow us on our social medias because we will be announcing some pretty cool stuff soon. Yeah, it's actually super exciting. Uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully next week's episode we'll be able to have more information on it. Yes, but either way, until then, just I can't contain it. I'm so excited. <laughs> so what is your S today? So this week for us, I'm going to be covering the topic of stalking. Ooh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't either, but <laughs> it's uh, it's very interesting um, in like the way that makes me just want to crawl out of my skin. I agree, but, like, if you think about it, I know somebody who's been stalked. Mm -hmm. I think every woman, maybe even man, has at least known somebody who has had issues with people stalking them. Mm -hmm. Well, that's another reason why I wanted to cover this, just because it is so prevalent in our society, and it's getting better, I feel, in the media nowadays, but especially back in the day, like, that was the norm, like stuff being portrayed in the media so the men would be persistent and the more persistent he was it didn't matter he would get the girl because of his persistence oh yes and now today it's called stalking and yeah exactly and toxic masculinity yes (laughs) so miriam webster defines stalking as the act or crime of willfully and repeatedly following or harassing another person in circumstances that would cause a reasonable person to fear injury or death, especially because of express or implied threats. Yep. In Canada, stalking is a behavior associated with criminal harassment, which became a part of the criminal code in 1993. So it is nice that there is actual stalking laws here. Mm-hmm. They still have work to go, but it's nice that there's something, right? Yeah. Examples of stalking include, but are not limited to, repeated calls, constant messages over social media, sending unwanted gifts, following a person or their family, and threats to a person and their loved ones or their family members. Mm -hmm. So it's... Any sort of harassment, any unwanted attention that causes a person discomfort at the end of the day. Yeah, but I think the really important part here is consistent. Not necessarily. Um, So even like on the criminal, like Canada's justice website, Mm -hmm. um, it can be considered like criminal harassment if... The one thing was very extreme. So, like... Okay, yes. But, like, I'm thinking, like, if a person walks up to me, asks me out, unfortunately, it just makes me uncomfortable, that is not considered harassment. No. No, no, no. Different degrees. Different degrees, yeah. Okay. Like, as lovely as it would be sometimes, but... (laughs) 
well, actually, I'll touch on that in a little bit. I'll get to it. <laughs> so there are generally two types of stalkers. The first type are stalkers who target strangers or people that they do not know personally. This includes those that stalk celebrities, and while it could involve private citizens, this occurrence is rare in comparison to the second type. Mm -hmm. So according to the Government of Canada Justice website, about 12% of this type of stalking occurs. This type of stalking is also generally less likely to result in violence. The second type of stalking are stalkers that target people that they know. So this could be potential relationships, um, co-workers, ex-partners, friends, acquaintances. They know this person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm not ready for it. So the same site said that about 88% of cases of stalking involve someone that they know. The vast majority of stalking cases are done by former partners, uh, while stalking tends to last on average between two to four weeks, this type of stalking generally lasts much longer. Mm-hmm. These categories are further broken down into five subtypes, which are the rejected stalker, the intimacy seeker, the incompetent stalker, resentful, and finally the predator. Do you have any questions about the... Yes. Could you reread that list? Okay. So first, there's the rejected. So that is somebody that has been rejected by their target. The intimacy seeker. That one. So that's somebody that is looking for that partner and tends to read too much into the interactions with with their target, I should say. So they're looking for that relationship. They're looking for the connection. And they're dramatizing any connection that they may have like they shake their hand and they're subliminally yeah or they parked their car close to mine so they must love me yeah okay intimacy seeker um incompetent so that tends to be someone that's a little bit more socially awkward they might not pick up on social cues yeah um so once again their lack of social understanding might lead them to some obsessive and stalkerish tendencies okay okay uh the next one resentful so that is somebody angry yeah pretty self-explanatory um and then finally the predator so while the first four types have to do specifically with relationships or otherwise predatory stalkers seek power and control over the person that they're stalking. According to Paul Mullen, an Australian stalker stalking expert, this category takes pleasure in learning about their target and fantasizes about assaulting them, either physically or sexually. So it's about that power dynamic. They don't care about that person. Like, it's not a romantic connection that they're seeking. They're seeking to control their target. Ew. But could you imagine going home to family dinner and being like, I'm a stalking expert? Um, okay. A hundred percent if I could be like a stalking expert or like any other sort of these topics that I cover, like I just dip my toes in. <laughs> that would be amazing if I could be an expert in one of them. <laughs> I know. But like 
if you don't know the context and somebody's like i'm a stocking expert that could be taken so horribly wrong around the dinner table just put that out there you're phrasing like what do you do i stock Um. i'm a stocking expert (laughs) i'm just thinking like you would really have to know the people mm-hmm. or come up with some really witty yeah, <laughs> other term. Sorry. It could be a really good way to just like Break get out ice. of, yeah, <laughs> get oh. out of dinner. No Ooh. more invites. <laughs> get out of conversations you don't want to have. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I might start that. So why do people stalk? So like I had mentioned before, they could be due to media culture pro portraying that persistence is the ultimate key to secure the person of your interest. Ew. In the case of romantic pursuits, stalking can be the result if the person does not play along with the stalker's desires. This unrequited love either is not heard or accepted by the pursuer, and as a result, they may escalate their attempts to force a connection. I'm sorry, so if you don't want to be stalked, you just have to give in. I'll get to it. Okay. I will get to it, Courtney. <laughs> I, I'm so angry already. I know. You have every right to be. Okay. Everybody should be angry. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> In the case of psychotic stalkers, they can have delusions. They can have delusions of relationships. So these could be with celebrities, strangers, or people that they know. And these delusions might look like reading into their target's behavior. So usually there is an underlying mental illness, either like a delusional disorder, um, some sort of disassociation, erotomania. Um, so that's romanticizing romantic relationships. Oh, okay. So like, I, I'm I, in love with the idea of love. Kind of. Okay. Kind of, yeah, basically. So there's usually some sort of underlying issue in psychotic stalkers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, they read into their target's behavior and they interpret that behavior as a special message to them. When we get into partner or ex-partner stalking, this is a type that most often results in violence. These types of stalkers have an intimate knowledge and access to their target's personal lives. Described as jealous, controlling, having a lack of boundaries, and being extremely persistent, these stalkers have troubles letting go or accepting the word no. Any contact with this type of stalker can be taken as a negotiation by them. Ew. If you speak to them after 30 voicemails, then the stalker will feel that it only takes 30 voicemails to get a response from their target. Mm-hmm. If you or someone you know is being stalked, it is important to not engage with the stalker after the first time you have explicitly told them no. Mm-hmm. So this is where fuck politeness comes in. Mm-hmm. They do not need an explanation to why you do not want a relationship with them. Nobody deserves an explanation. Because no is a complete sentence. Yes. If there is still indirect or direct contact from the stalker, document everything. Mm -hmm. This includes keeping detailed notes, 
including date, time, locations, and actions. Screenshots. Keep everything. Mm-hmm. And that includes letters, text messages, phone voicemails. You know what? I think in this day and age, if somebody was stalking me, sending me letters, I think that would almost be more intrusive mm. than a text message. Yeah. A lot more personal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one that one doesn't sit right. No. So or gifts. Some people send gifts. Girls. Like especially like imagine if there's no mailing address, if they like left it at your house. Ew. Ew, ew, ew. Either way, you keep it as evidence, keep it as proof, but do not engage with them. I'm not going to lie. If I just walked up my friend's step and there was like a wrapped gift with no name on it, I'd probably just like kick it to the side <laughs> and keep walking. <laughs> oh, I'd have to know what's in the box. Like some of my Amazon packages sit outside for far too long. <laughs> okay. Let's Get be it? honest here. I wouldn't see it for like two weeks. <laughs> fair so get in contact with the police Mm -hmm. tell friends and family about the stalker so they are aware of what's happening because there's always a potential that they might that stalker might try to go through them to get to you Mm -hmm. so once again plug the gift of fear 10 out of 10 love that book um his recommendation in that book was to if you like you're being persistently called by somebody, you keep that line open, but you get a second number and give it to the people that you're that you want to be in contact with. Don't even let them know that you've changed your number mm-hmm. if that's an option for you. Do not engage with them, but let them blow up that phone. Who cares? Don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's super smart. Mm-hmm. But I think it also like you would really have to trust the people in your inner circle. Yes. Right? Like, if some random person texted me asking about you, it'd be like, who? I don't know who you're talking about. Have a nice day. Right? Exactly. Well, and like, I'm hoping that people out there, their loved ones and family members would understand the severity that can come from stalkers. This isn't just somebody that's being persistent that you should give in to. There are a lot of people that are psychologically, physically some of them are murdered because mm-hmm. of stalkers so it's a serious situation it's not something that should just be brushed off or oh just give them a chance persistence is persistence it does not love yeah and that is so important to remember mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> you're very passionate about this i am this is a topic like so personally i've never been stalked and i've never known anybody to have been stalked but just as a woman it just affects my core so deeply especially when you consider the fact so men can pursue women and it's romantic but you take films from the same genre or sorry from the same era and you flip it where the woman is pursuing the man and how is that woman portrayed like she's crazy she's a crazy bitch (laughs) honestly even today yeah, you. as soon as a woman starts pursuing a man, there is something wrong with that woman. If the man doesn't want it. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. even if the man does want it, he's not going to tell that to his friends. No, she's no. crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is such a double standard. Yeah. And it's not right. Either way, it's not right. No, I totally agree. 
Consent goes both ways. So. You should not harass anybody. No. No is a full sentence. Exactly. (sighs) Don't get me wrong. I don't enjoy hearing no. But like, if Jeff's like, no, we can't go for ice cream today. I don't enjoy that answer. But like, it's not. I'm going to pout about it. But (laughs) Different circumstances. (laughs) My feelings will be hurt. But no is still a full answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I totally get it. Yeah. And the fact that, like, I'm sure many people lose their lives over stalkers every year. Uh-huh. So, persistence is not key. No, it is not. You're fucking creepy. Same even though, um, like, another example from the book was a man really wanted a job. And... The guy was, like, kind of being wishy-washy with him. He didn't really want to hire him, but he didn't have a reason to say no. Mm-hmm. So he was being trying to be polite, and this man ended up stalking him and harassing him for years. Oh. Like, it does. it's not just romantic relationships. It is any sort of relationship that you do not want to have with another person. Mm-hmm. So we got to remember, you don't have to be rude, but you have to be firm. No. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Yeah. Okay. So now some might suggest right away getting a protective order if you are being stalked. According to Statistics Canada, one in ten victims sought a protective order, but almost half of that number, almost half of those orders were violated. Protective orders can be useful depending on the type of stalker. Mm-hmm. It could be enough to scare some of them off. On the other hand, it could be a trigger for the other type to escalate their stalking and it could result in violence. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I'm saying, based on the research that I have done, is that a protective order can be useful, but it might not be the best option for every stalking case. If your stalker is extremely aggressive or unpredictable. Mm-hmm. It depends. It's not a blanket solution in yeah. this case. And it's important to keep that in mind. No, I, I totally get that. Okay. All right. So now on to my case. So I heard this case first covered by And That's Why We Drink. But it's also been covered by a number of other podcasts as well. Um, this case was also featured on an episode of On the Case with Paula Zahn, which I watched, and it was really great. It had a lot of interviews. Um, it was very interesting. Okay. Okay, so this is the disappearance and murder of Dorothy Jane Scott. Dorothy was born April 23rd, 1948, to Jacob and Vera Scott. Dorothy was described as being one of the most giving people she was very sweet and she wanted a quiet life with her four-year-old son after being separated by her son's father dorothy was living in stanton california only about five miles away from her parents house in anaheim that's great her parents helped her out with child care while she was at work um some sources say that she was a so some sources say that she was a bookkeeper others say that she was like a back secretary kind of role i was really hoping you would say a lady of the night uh no okay but she did work at swingers psych shop and custom john's head shop so like that so they sold um like lava lamps and beads and 
All nice. that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, the businesses were jointly owned by Jacob Scott, so her father, and he did end up selling them, but she continued to work at both shops. Okay. Um, John, uh, Jacob also worked there, like, on and off as a handyman, just kind of helping out around. So. so they sold it, but they still... It was like a family business. They, he was still around. Okay. Dorothy worked strictly at the back of the shop and was known to spend the majority of any free time with her son. Dorothy's father said that she might have dated occasionally, but she was not, like, she didn't have any long-term boyfriends or she, like, that wasn't her prerogative. Okay. She was also known to be a devout Catholic and was not known by friends and co-workers to be into drugs or drinking or anything like that. She was a mom that worked. Yeah. Okay. A few months before her disappearance, Dorothy started to receive strange calls at work and at home by an unknown man. Ew. Dorothy told her parents and her co-workers that the male's voice was familiar, but she just couldn't place it. Mm-hmm. What the man told the 32-year-old woman varied. In some calls, he professed his love for her. In other calls, he made threats against her, including death threats. And That's it, quite the spectrum. Right? Uh, well, and like, with stalking cases, it can escalate so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, it starts off as love, but like, that rejected feeling turns to anger, and they unleash their feelings on another person. Mm-hmm. And then, like, women getting shit, I guess, for lack of a better term, for sugarcoating and, you know, lying instead of just turning guys down. Well, that's another thing. Women are taught you have to be nice. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. But if you're not... Then be a bitch. You do not owe anybody anything. I'm just thinking the safety. Like, I know that. Yeah. Ideally, we should not have to be polite. But definitely for, like, some women's safety, it's better to be polite than to risk this man losing his shit. Okay, so I feel that. I totally understand where you're coming from. But I feel that you can be polite and firm at the same time. You My can... face just doesn't help me with that. <laughs> I either have the customer service face or the bitch face. There's no middle ground. No, I don't know. It's just, it's such a slippery slope. Especially, like, I'm talking from a woman's perspective here. So I know this happens to men and I know that men deal with the same things because some women are like this as well. But like, I know there was, like, a few times that, like, I rejected a man. And I'm like, mm, no, sorry. And then it was, like, a full 180. Like, just lost their mind. I'm like, I might die tonight. Well, on the plus side, at least you knew your gut was right. So, <laughs> like, that is proof right there that... Red flag. <laughs> right. But, like, not everyone can deal with that. No. No, it's... Honestly, society should just burn to the ground and we should just start again. <laughs> I feel like the same thing would happen again. Honestly. Probably. Unfortunately. I don't know. All I know is that if you can get distance between you and this person. Yeah. I would recommend that. <laughs> I agree. 
Sorry. Continue. Okay. My tangent. <laughs> okay. So it appeared that this man was watching Dorothy as well. That's disgusting. In one instance, the man called Dorothy and told her to go outside because he had something for her. Leave it at the door. When she went outside, on her car windshield was a dead rose. Sorry, a dead what? Rose. Oh, okay. Okay, Like a flower. My, you said rose, but my brain heard rat. (laughs) And I was like, oh no. That would be so much worse. (laughs) So much worse. I don't know, a dead rose is pretty... Yeah, but you'd have to actively find a rat to kill. Or, like, find a dead rat. Depending where they are, it might be easier said than done than finding a dead rose. I mean, either way, just don't leave anything. I don't want anything from you. No. (laughs) He would taunt her by saying that he knew what she was wearing, where she went, what she did. One call in particular that frightened Dorothy was a threat made by the caller, saying that he would get her alone and cut her up into bits so no one could find her. Ew. Due to the frequency of these calls and threats, Dorothy considered buying a gun for herself for self-protection, but she ultimately decided against the purchase. Because she has a young son and... Well, that and... Weapons are great and all, but without proper training, they're just as likely to be used against you. Mm-hmm. But um, as an alternative, she did sign up for karate for self-defense. You know, she was taking classes, trying to get some skills, yeah. some self-defense skills. Unfortunately, she had just started in like the f- couple weeks before she disappeared. Oh. So this brings us to May 27th, 1980, when Dorothy had to attend a company meeting. She dropped her son off at her parents' house in Anaheim and went to the meeting, which was being held in the evening. While there at about 9 p.m., a co-worker named Conrad Bostron complained about being in pain, and it was noticed that there was a red and plain-looking bump on his arm, like a bite. Mm -hmm. Dorothy insisted on taking Conrad to the hospital and getting the bump looked at. A third person named Pam Head offered to go with the pair, so the three left for the hospital. On the way, Dorothy made a quick stop at her parents' house to check on her son, let her her parents know that she'd be home late, Mm -hmm. like, picking him up later because of this. Once at the ER of UC Irvine Medical Center, Conrad was taken by doctors for examination, and the two women were left to wait. Dorothy, who had been wearing a black scarf, uh, opted to change it out for a warmer red one because the evening was chilly. Mm -hmm. The two women did not leave each other's sight while waiting for the doctors to to determine what was wrong with their co-worker. Around 11 p.m., doctors finally discovered that Conrad had actually been bitten by a black widow spider. So it was really good that he got to the hospital when he did. Mm -hmm. Um... And while waiting for his prescription to be filled, Dorothy left to go to the lavatories. Okay. When she returned, she told the pair that she would bring her car around to the hospital doors so that they wouldn't have to walk so far. I mean, Conrad was in pain. It was late at night. Mm Mm-hmm. Dorothy is just being nice. The pair waited for the prescription to be filled for a few minutes. Then they left the hospital to look for Dorothy. 
At this point, she should have just had the car up by the doors and been waiting for them. Mm-hmm. But nobody was there. Oh, no. They waited by the doors for a little bit, but eventually decided to go off into the parking lot to search for her. Like, maybe she dropped her keys. Like, you never know. Mm-hmm. Pam and Conrad walked into the parking lot, and they noticed Dorothy's car. Mm-hmm. So they walked towards the station wagon when the lights of the car burst on, blinding them. They couldn't see who was behind the wheel of the car, mm-hmm. but the car was driving towards them very rapidly. Luckily, Tuck and roll. <laughs> yeah, luckily they got out of the way and the, like, the car swerved around them, but it also sped right out of the parking lot, doing like a really sharp right turn and heading right down the street like she was out of there bewildered the pair thought that dorothy might have had an emergency with her son and would return later to pick them up she did not Mm -hmm. they waited hours at the hospital for dorothy to return before they eventually reported the 32 year old woman is missing with hospital security and then her parents as well Mm mm-hmm According to On the Case with Paula Zahn, it was reported that police did not initially take the disappearance too seriously. That is until 4.30 in the morning when Dorothy's white 1973 station wagon was discovered abandoned in an alley on fire. Cool. He now started looking for leads that could help determine what had happened to her. As Dorothy had never gone to the police regarding the threatening phone calls, um, they didn't know anything about that until speaking to her parents and co-workers. Mm-hmm. Like, at the time, don't forget, this is in the 1980s. There wasn't stalker laws. Mm-hmm. Phone tracing isn't what it is now. So even if she had, there wasn't that much that they could have done about it besides posting guards at her home. Yeah. But, like, she didn't even know who they would be looking for, so. Yeah. Could be the mailman. It's impo- It's really impossible to know. Mm-hmm. Until something like this happens. Yep. Okay. Unfortunately, the calls did not disappear with Dorothy. About a week after her abduction, Dorothy's mom, Vera, who was home alone, received a call. The unknown man asked if she was related to Dorothy Scott. Ew. Then, after Vera confirmed that she was, he said, I have her, before abruptly hanging up. Ew. The caller would phone the Scott residence almost every Wednesday afternoon when Vera Scott was home alone. The calls would be abrupt but taunting. The caller would share details about Dorothy that only those closest to her would know. The Scots went to the police, who advised the concerned parents not to release details about the case in order not to compromise the investigation. Mm -hmm. After a few weeks of waiting, Jacob Scott went to the Orange County Register to get the news out about his daughter's disappearance and hopefully generate some leads. On June 12, 1980, the day the article about Dorothy Scott was released, the managing editor of the Register received a call. The editor then went to the police and reported to them that the caller said, quote, I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. 
I killed her, end quote. The killer also knew details that were not published, including that Dorothy had changed her scarf, and he also knew that Conrad had a spider bite. Things that were impossible to know unless the woman was being followed. And, like, it was speculated that maybe the reason why the caller said that he was, sorry, that she was cheating on him is because she was in the car with Conrad. Mm -hmm. That's speculation. Yeah, either way, it's just chilling that he was able to, like, that would have meant that he was in the hospital with them when it, it was... Unless she personally knew him. But they were at the hospital at the same time. Like, he, even if she did personally know him, he would have been in the hospital at the room when it was discovered that he had the spider bite. Ew. Yeah. Right? So. Well, that's what kind of leads me to think that maybe she knew him is like, maybe, um, yes, he was stalking her. So obviously the scarf, like she goes in with one, comes out with another one. But maybe she met up with him in the parking lot and was like, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, my friend just came in with a black widow spider bite. Like, maybe she was just, like, shooting the shit with someone because she knew them. Maybe. That's a possibility. But you would have thought that if she knew someone that intimately, that she would have recognized the voice on the phone. Not necessarily. Because, like... You might not know them that intimately just to be like, what are you doing here? Maybe. Like, I would have no fear telling someone that I knew from Timbuktu being like, oh, yeah, we're here because someone got bit by a spider. Right? Okay. Well, I see where you're coming from. Either way, there's a lot of different options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that option because then it doesn't mean that he was lurking around corners. I would almost prefer lurking. Honestly, I would hate to think that somebody I knew that well would have such insidious feelings or actions. Like someone that couldn't come out and say, hey, I like you, that, but instead choose, chose to say, I love you over the phone without telling them who they, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I feel so much more of a privacy violation. Mm-hmm. You want to lurk? Lurk from a distance. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) The calls to Dorothy's mother did not stop for four years. Police installed a voice recorder to the phone in hopes that they'd be able to trace the caller, but the man was never on the phone long enough for any trace to happen. Jesus. The call stopped one evening when Jacob Scott answered the phone instead of his wife. So... I, that's also gross that he was specifically targeting women mm-hmm. and the fact that there was a man on the phone was enough to make him stop. Hmm. Yeah, that's gross. A break in the case came four years after Dorothy's disappearance. August 6, 1984, a construction worker found the remains of a human and a dog side by side. The discovery was near Santa Ana, canyon road forensics determined that the remains must have been placed on that site at least two years previously so this deduction was made because both of the remains were charred and there had been a wild brush fire there two years previously in 1982 wow okay so like they could have been there before 
but most likely not after that time. Yeah. Okay. Watch was found there, mm-hmm. like on the body that was stopped at twelve thirty a.m., mm-hmm. which would have been around the time that it's likely that Dorothy was killed. We speculate. Okay. And a turquoise ring was also found on the remains. Dental records were used to determine that the body belonged to Dorothy Scott. The cause of death was never determined. I don't like that. Me neither. I really don't like that. It's possible because of the charred burns that they weren't able to assess what the cause of death was. Mm-hmm. That's my best guess. Um, but it, it nowhere that I searched would, was able to specify. Okay. Now let's get to some theories. Police had first suspected that Dorothy's ex-partner might have been the caller and killer. As the last time he was in California to spend time with his son, there was an alleged dispute regarding custody. He was ruled out as a suspect, however, since he had an airtight alibi being in Missouri at the time and having tons of proof that he was there and did not have anything to do with the stalking or her death. Mm -hmm. And like it was said that they had a fairly amicable split. They had never married. They just relationship ran its course. Yep. So you're allowed to have disagreements as parents. Exactly. Without murder being involved. Yeah. (laughs) Shocking, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, why do we have a podcast? (laughs) Okay. Mm. Okay. It has been speculated by some, and this is probably the most popular theory, was that a man named Mike Butler could have been the culprit. Allegedly, Butler was obsessed with Dorothy, and his sister worked at Swingers with her. So that's a like a potential connection. Um, mm-hmm. He also worked either like on the same kind of strip area or across the street. So he worked nearby. His sister worked in there. He would have known Dorothy's schedule to call her. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also known by some to be somewhat of a mountain man and to have um, alternative religious beliefs. So like kind of a culty kind of culty okay um it didn't say specifically but some say because of those beliefs that explains why there was the remains of a dog found with her because they feel like that was some sort of ritual or like some sort of sacrifice okay along there um he was never really considered a suspect at the time but and it is just speculation there's no hard evidence to corroborate the story and butler has passed away as of 2014 i feel like he's probably a scapegoat oh probably so like he's just like a lot of people described him as a mountain man just kind of a weirdo yeah (laughs) yeah and like somebody that had alternative beliefs compared to the catholic communities so it's hard to say could he have been obsessed or is that exaggeration there's no way to know yeah so this case was never solved it never was ew i know um there is a possible connection to the disappearance of patricia schneider 
who went missing July 31st, 1982. The last anyone heard from the 25-year-old woman was a phone call made by her at 3.45 a.m. in Penley, California, from a Circle K saying that her car had broke down. Later that morning, between 5 and 6 a.m., Patricia's car was discovered in a field, also having been set on fire. Hmm, okay. And Patricia has never been seen since. No remains, no nothing. Oh, shit. So, that's a possible connection. Mm-hmm. Lots of people link it because of the, the both car. cars being on fire. So the case of Dorothy Jane Scott remains cold, but it is believed by many people that the person who stalked her, who harassed her parents, is the same person that killed her. Mm-hmm. 100%. Jacob Scott passed away in 1994, and Vera Scott passed away in 2002, so they never ended up finding out... Who could have done this to her daughter, mm-hmm. to their daughter? That's horrible. They did raise her son, however, and he is doing well. His name is Sean, and he is still looking for leads to oh. who might have killed his mother. While he didn't remember much about his mother, Sean says he does recall her being loving and caring. So, Aww. like, at least, you know, he was still raised in a good environment. Mm-hmm. And he still got those values that she had, you know, mm-hmm. got that memory of her. Um, but that is the case of Dorothy Jane Scott and my topic of stalking. That was super gross. But thank you for that. <laughs> I feel like you say that with all my cases. None of them are like not gross. <laughs> It is kind of what our podcast is about. A little bit, yeah. It's, it, it's not C is for lovely. I don't know. No. <laughs> C is for cute. Oh, that would have been a better word. Yeah. Can you tell I'm not 100% today? Oh, that's fair. That is totally fair. I just, I, it's all gross. Mm-hmm. I also, you see so many people like, romanticizing and fantasizing so much of the shit that you're covering mm-hmm. like it just it all makes my skin crawl mm-hmm. so gross mm-hmm. but that's why we have a platform we can talk about it and hopefully some people take something from this and mm-hmm. spread it that's my hope yeah because especially things like especially this topic it just resonates so much with me that like even if like some people learn something and like or take something away from it like Mm -hmm. well and don't let anybody tell you that a man that man or woman Mm -hmm. sorry i Mm -hmm. i speak from a woman's perspective (laughs) um that's being persistent Mm -hmm. like that's not romantic that's not no that's not something to fantasize about if you have no interest and somebody keeps coming and coming and coming... Don't let them wear you down. No. No, that is harassment. That is not romanticism. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Persistence speaks to persistence, not love. You know what? The only time persistence is key is when you're learning a new hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> not looking for love. No. No. Wrong places. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for that story. 
Thank you for listening. All right, what is your S for? My S is for shadow people. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Holy fuck, this is gonna be good. <laughs> yes. So I was sitting there and I I was supposed to do a haunted house. And then I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I was going through my photos and I came across one and somehow my brain went to feeding your cats at your apartment. Oh, yes. Yeah, that apartment was full of stuff. And then I was just like, that's my ass. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So... A shadow person, also known as a shadow figure, shadow being, or black mass, is the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure and interpreted as the presence of a spirit or other entity by believers in the paranormal or supernatural. (laughs) Shadow people usually, but not always, begin to appear initially as fleeting images in a person's peripheral vision. (laughs) However, at higher levels of intensity, shadow people may begin to appear in full view in a manner which allows them to be directly looked at. Oh my god, that's so much worse. Because, like, you can just blow, like, shove off. Oh, I just saw something out of the corner of my eye. It's probably nothing. It's probably an eyelash. But if it's fully in front of you, there is no denying that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh. At advanced mental states, it is even possible to look away from and look back at a shadow person without a change in the presence or appearance of that hallucination. Okay, I've never experienced that. No, I have not experienced that, and I never wish to. No, me neither. I've definitely experienced, like, looking full on and seeing a shadow person. Yeah. But never, like, look away, look back, and it's still there. Uh I would shit my fucking pants. (laughs) The bodies of these shadow people are usually perceived as being comprised of the type of blackness that has a sense of depth with few facial or bodily features. Mm -hmm. The blackness of their bodies often seem opaque or like mist. Okay, yeah. As if one is looking into a black hole. Ugh, the abyss. In humanoid form. (laughs) They may also appear in the shapes of animals, uniformed blobs, disembodied bo- disembodied body parts, Ew. or a myriad of indescribable shapes. Okay. I would kind of enjoy seeing a shadow puppy. Even like a shadow deer. Oh! Like that shit sweet. would be cool. Yeah. I could go for some shadow animals. But like a disembodied Foot? body part? No thanks. No. Hard pass. Well, you know what? I'm not thrilled with the blob either. <laughs> I don't know how I would do with the blob. <laughs> My question is, where is the blob? Is the blob floating or is the blob on the floor? Well, what size are we talking? What, what blob size? Is it as big as a person? Is it bigger than a person? Or is it like a rock that you just like, you just kind of walk past oh. and you're just like, somebody should have wiped their feet. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I, not. Either way, I'm not thrilled with blobs. No, I'm nor the disembodied body parts. No, I'm not no, here no, for no. it either. No, no, no. Yeah, oh, it's it's great. So, what are shadow people? Tell me. Shadow people are a bit of a mystery in the paranormal community. They are often thought of as ghosts or a collection of negative energy. But as is true with most paranormal phenomena, 
there is no definite answer. Mm-hmm. Now, to call these entities ghosts requires a definition of what we mean by ghosts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But by almost any definition, shadow people are different than ghosts. Ghost apparitions are usually a misty white vapor-like entity yeah. and have a human form and appearance, yeah. often with describable features clothing features everything like that yeah whereas shadow beings are much darker and shadow like yes you cannot see facial expressions you cannot see clothing they're a black hole yes right so i think to call them a ghost it's could they be like a type of ghost or not even that i i like personally my beliefs is i do think like negative energy okay i maybe not a ghost per se but a being of negative energy from the human spirit okay okay you know what if i came back as a shadow person i would be a spider and i would just walk all over your face oh in the middle of the night yeah that's awful you're so mean i'm just saying like there's so many other ghosts you could be If I had to be a shadow person, that would be my shadow person figure. See, like, what about... So, I don't know if you're going to cover this maybe eventually at some other time, but, like, what about the hat man? Like, which is... I My understanding was, like, it's a shadow person, but he's wearing, like, a cowboy hat. <laughs> I don't One know day. if you've got that in your notes. I do not. Okay. I really want to hear about the hat man. Okay. <laughs> We'll see how much I can find. That might be a nocturnal novella. That's totally fine. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Where was I? <laughs> Lost your place. Literally. <sighs> shadow beings are much darker and more shadow-like in general. Although the shadow people... People. Peepins. Peepins. <laughs> Although the shadow people often do have a human outline or shape, Because they are dark, the detail of their appearance is lacking. This is in contrast to many ghost sightings of which witnesses can describe the ghost features and their style of clothing to help get what genre they're from or even to say who they are, right? Yeah. The one detail most often noted in some shadow being sightings are their glowing red eyes. Ooh. Oh, I've never noticed red eyes. On a shadow person. Neither. But do you remember my hedgehog? Yes. And how it was an albino hedgehog, so its eyes were just like, like red, red and beady? Yeah. That's what my brain is imagining, <laughs> is that hedgehog's eyeballs just, just staring beady. at you. <laughs> that thing was fucking evil. Oh my god. The worst pet ever. <laughs> Better than the snake? No. <laughs> No. You got a list of not great pets. It was two. Okay. Okay? It was two. <laughs> two too many. <laughs> you know what? It's the ones that look special. Because we had the purple snake and the um, albino, albino hedgehog. hedgehog. Both sucked. <laughs> you know what? We just have to live our best mutt life, okay? Okay. <laughs> they all just bite everybody. <laughs> Thanks for bringing up that sad life. <laughs> you brought up the hedgehog. I, I did. <laughs> so many people believe 
Shadow people can appear in different forms and may even indicate that someone is under a psychic attack. Oh. Which I do think you have to be open to a certain amount of psychic energy and, I don't know, the paranormal willingness to even believe in some of this stuff. So I don't think it's such a far stretch to think that maybe... What if, now I'm just spitballing here, I did not find this in any of my research, but I'm just going off the deep end. What if you see shadow people because, like, someone has cursed you? I would like to think, going by how curses work, that whatever happens to you affects a person that cursed you threefold. So, I would hope that that means that person would see three shadow people then. (laughs) (laughs) I think it depends what book of magic you're uh reading generally that's the rule with like any sort of witchcraft spells or as like to my understanding but whatever you put out into the universe comes back to you threefold whether it's good intentions or bad intentions oh that's good to know power of three good to know because um what if i wanted to curse somebody yeah you don't want to curse people. you just curse yourself okay. remember that good to know <laughs> Many paranormal experts also theorize that there may be a connection between shadow people and extraterrestrials. Oh, that's a cool twist. And that these beings could be otherworldly in origin or have a correlation with alleged alien abductions. Mm-hmm. While the exact supernatural origin of these shadow-like beings is debated among paranormal experts, there's one thing that most agree upon, which is... That the presence of shadow people is unsettling. Yes, 100%. These shadowy human-like entities have a bit of a murky reputation, and most people who report seeing them state that they feel uncomfortable, scared, and in some extreme cases, paralyzed of fear. Yeah. Well, then you, like, if you experience night terrors and, like, you see the night terror demon and it happens to be, a like, a shadow figure, Mm-hmm. You're stuck there and you have to experience it. Yeah. Gross. So I do, later on here, I do have a list. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to share them with you. I'm excited. So, do shadow people have a scientific explanation? Do they? Short story, no. Okay. I figured you were going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> Skeptics note that seeing shadow people could simply be chalked up to sleep paralysis. Ah. But people aren't always sleep paralyzed. Like, I've never experienced that, but I have seen shadow people. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I was not sleeping in your apartment. <laughs> well, that's a really... <laughs> <laughs> Poor cats would have been so confused. <laughs> so who is this wench sleeping on the fucking couch? <laughs> and why is she not feeding us? They just scream at you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, a sleep paralysis, which is a medical phenomenon that takes place when someone is between a sleeping and wakeful state. Like, I was driving. I was not halfway between nothing. (laughs) During sleep paralysis, a person feels fully conscious, but they are unable to move or speak and may experience a feeling of intense dread, the sensation of being suffocated, or even hallucinations of shadowy figures. Other explanations include experiencing heightened heightened emotional states, sleep deprivation, or substance use. Mm, I can understand substance use. Whereas I was about to say, I understand sleep deprivation. Oh, you know, 
honestly, like all of that, it's an exp- like it's just it's a different state of mind. You're opening up your mind to something new. Mm-hmm. It's no different than taking any sort of like uh, um, psychoactive drugs, where like you're opening up your consciousness to being open to different ideas and things. Mm-hmm. Right. So same with uh, sleep deprivation. That's a conscious change. Mm-hmm. Consciousness change, right? So it's I totally understand how you'd be more receptive. Yeah. To seeing shadow beings. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. It is also important to consider that most shadow people sightings appear in our peripheral vision, which is designed to detect emotion and movement, not detail. Mm-hmm. That said, it would be easier to mistake something in the corner of our eye for something it is not than it would be if we were seeing something head on. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess. <laughs> That's not skeptics. <laughs> so what do you do if you see a shadow person? It is normal to feel fearful if you see something as unexplainable as a shadow person. But according to experts, it is best to focus on staying grounded and not letting yourself be overwhelmed by the discomfort of what you are experiencing. Yeah. I just keep walking. <laughs> if you encounter a shadow person, the worst thing you can do is give it your fear. Ah. Entities with negative intent thrive on their ability to make us feel unsafe or uncomfortable. Yeah. The best thing to do is call in spiritual protection Pray or simply stand your ground by firmly telling the shadow person to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Fuck politeness. <laughs> As you yep. so brilliantly said. Oh, some that's been around for a while. <laughs> I'm definitely not claiming the creation of that. <laughs> As you said earlier in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> a one-off encounter with a shadow being can be creepy, but if your visions of these entities are ongoing... It may indicate that it is time to do some spiritual cleansing of your energy field and your living space. Mm-hmm. If you are having multiple experiences with shadow people, you may want to consider doing a major energetic house cleaning or hiring a professional energy worker to do one for you. Mm-hmm. You can spiritually clean your house and hopefully keep shadow people at bay by performing a protection ritual, putting out cleansing crystals in your home, or burning purifying herbs. So, onto my favorite part. Some theories of what shadow people could be. Yay! So, one theory for these shadow people is that they are, in fact, demons. Ooh. With a demonic nature. Due to the dark thoughts often experienced to those who encounter them, this is often conflicting to what you might experience when encountering neutral spirits or other entities. As these kinds of, as these kinds of dark, malevolent, and intrusive thoughts tend to be associated with demonic beings. Mm -hmm. Encounters are often accompanied by feelings of intense dread, and often witnesses to these shadow people do not feel like they are or have been in the presence of a being that was once human. Mm, That makes sense. You don't get the warm and fuzzies. No. So, the next theory leans toward a type of interdimensional being. Yes. Some theorists say that these dimensions exist parallel and remarkably close to our own. Yes. Although invisible to us, if there are any inhabitants in these other dimensions, it is possible that they have found a way to slip through one dimension or another. 
It has long been held by psychics and other sensitives that being on other planes of existence are of different vibrations. Yeah. Science is beginning to look at reality on a quantum level. In the same way, those particles of the smallest size exist as vibrations. Some theorize the vibrations of our existence are beginning to mesh with those of another dimension. Oh, I love those series. They, they get me. Right? So this theory would also account for the increase in phenomena such as ghosts, shadow people, and aliens. Yeah. Well, like most, like, especially, oh God. I'm so not an expert. <laughs> I can't explain the physics or anything. But, like, when you think about alternate dimensions and when you get into those topics, like, the possibilities are endless. And, like, it's just such a fascinating topic to me. So, oh, totally. Oh. Totally. I agree. <clears throat> it's such a cool topic. Mm-hmm. So, aliens are often rumored around them as well. Yeah. It is not as ludicrous as it sounds. Many people believe that aliens are already here on Earth and are simply disguising themselves. I wholeheartedly believe this. Yeah. Well, and they don't need, like they don't even have to be on Earth. They could be underwater. They could be inside the Earth. There's once again just different planes. Yeah. I like to think that they just like can change their appearance. Maybe. Who knows? You know, exactly. if they manage to get here, they've got to have some cool technology. Maybe they never left. This, this sounds horrible, but, like, I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> Humans are kind of takeover. Um, we like... Or, sorry. We like to think we are. We like to think we're top dog. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, maybe we are just, like... A comedy show to aliens. Probably. Maybe we are their entertainment. 100%. Like, let's just see what we can do over here. (laughs) But the aliens and abduction phenomena is bizarre. That it's no surprise that extraterrestrials are suspects of being shadow people. Mm -hmm. Abductees have reported in many cases that the aliens grays are able to pass through walls and closed windows and to appear and disappear abruptly among otherworldly talents perhaps too they can go about their alien agenda described as shadows mm. yeah it's definitely a theory mm-hmm. i think it's pretty cool mm-hmm. another one is astral bodies being another theory that suggests shadow people are the shadows of essences of people who are having out-of-body experiences. Oh, like uh, astral projection. Okay, I get ya, I get ya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last theory is that people from the future could have found the means to travel into the past. However, they are able to accomplish this incredible achievement in that state. They appear to us as merely a passing shadow as they observe the events in our timeline. Okay, I love that so much. Right? That would be so cool. Like, what a great failsafe, too. You can go back in time and see everything, but you can't fuck shit up. Exactly. You can just observe. Sometimes somebody might see you, but I would hope, though, 
in the future that they have like in like actual invisibility cloaking. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a shadow. I just I just want to observe. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it. Honestly, they're all really cool. I personally am leaning towards the demonic just from like the experience as I've had. Mm-hmm. Where like they were never hunky dory. They're definitely unsettling, but mm-hmm. it, it could also that unsettling feeling could just be fear of the unknown. Like you don't know what that is. So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Though, like it's it's just impossible to know. It's mm-hmm. like you said, though. You just have to overcome that fear and say no. Say no. Yeah, <laughs> that was a complete sentence. I agree. <laughs> all applicable yeah right so some stories about shadow people at 3 a.m one morning a writer woke and went to the kitchen to get some water on their way they stumbled upon a shadow person sitting in the recliner in the family room they had been seeing shadow people their entire life so this sudden appearance was not startling they stood still for a couple of minutes to be certain it was indeed a shadow person As their eyes adjusted to the dark, it became clearer a shadow person was sitting in their living room staring at them. They started moving towards it. The figure seemed undaunted. Mm -hmm. And when they were three feet apart, the shadow person evaporated. Oh! Right? Oh! (laughs) I would shit my fucking pants. (laughs) No thanks. In So, for the second story... In sixth grade, a child attended a barbecue at a local park. After a day of playing with their classmates, it was time to head home. The older kids, including this Reddit user, was tasked with collecting the younger kids and getting them ready to leave. The park was not that big, so finding all the kids was easy. But then things took a turn towards the paranormal about halfway across the park. They saw a dark figure of a toddling small child thinking it was one of the kids they were looking for. This user and their friend ran after the shadow, yelling at it to stop. When the figure reached the edge of the park, it turned white, dropped to all fours, and ran up the tree like a cat and leapt over the wall. Oh, I really hope that one was made up. I do not like that. I don't like that at all. The user and their friend ran away terrified, unsure of exactly what they saw oh i don't like that really i i think i would be more okay with that than the guy sitting in my chair no you can sit in my chart you want to evaporate you do you boo just like don't leave your spectral dust anywhere i have issues though with a creature go like a humanoid creature going on all fours and proceeding to run up a tree not okay with that you're either bipedaled or you're quadpedaled nah one or the other we're not bears (laughs) that's fair not okay i think it's all about perception mine is do not infiltrate my safe space and yours is like do not fuck with my brain please (laughs) two feet or four not both Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh so my next story is yours oh no oh shit really i want all of your shadow person stories but 
So I know you know this one, but a few years ago when I was house sitting for you, it was horrible. So we, I went up there to your apartment to feed your cat and I get out of the elevator. And so when you get out of the elevator, there was like this sitting room, right? Yeah. And for fuck's sakes, every time I came up, there was a shadow person just chilling by that window. Uh-huh. And it was horrible. And I remember walking to your apartment being like, Kate will look at it. And then walking to your apartment and then there would be another one at the door down the hall to like the left. Uh-huh. And it would always just like... <laughs> I felt it watching me. So then I think the last day that I was there on the last time I watched your cats before you guys moved. These motherfuckers. Okay, so <laughs> I'm feeding your cats and I'm happy hunky-dory. And I can't remember, did you have a peephole in that door? I, I don't know if you did or not. But either way, I was feeding the cats and I always made sure to lock the door because it was kind of a sketchy apartment building. And the fucking handle was like moving as somebody was fucking trying to open the door and they were like knocking on the door and I looked I don't no I didn't look out the people because I was going to shit my pants <laughs> and then I like locked all your shit up fed your cats and like booked it back downstairs and fuck every time I went to your apartment there was a goddamn shadow person just chilling in that like living space out of the elevators I fucking hated it. Oh. And I know that you and Joey like to cleanse your apartment because of the creepy shit yeah. that happened there. Honestly, it's too bad Joey wasn't on the podcast today because he's so much better at telling these stories. So he'll definitely have to make a guest appearance at some point. Uh, yeah. Because, like, the ones that I experience is mostly just, like, everyday stuff where i'd be in the living room and i'd be like oh there's somebody peeking out but from behind the kitchen because like the living room there was it was a typical apartment setup where it was a it was like a circle it was a circle so there with a wall in the middle separating the kitchen from the living room in the hallway mm -hmm. so i'd be in the living room and sure shit there'd always be constantly something peeking out at me or like i'd feel stuff following me at nighttime when i was going to bed down the hallway, so I'd be, like, going real fast. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I'm, I'm going to pick a fight with you here. Why did you not have night lights in your apartment? Uh, because Joey needs complete darkness to go to sleep. And in that apartment, it was so hot at night. We had, like, our AC <laughs> blowing with the door open. So, like, the, the exhaust was going into the hallway, so we had to keep it open. So if there was a nightlight, he would not be able to sleep. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. But yeah, no, there's there's a lot of stories from that apartment. And like I said, Joey has so many paranormal stories. And like he tells them so well. So he'll have to make a guest appearance at some time. You just need to lose your voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on my way today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So... I really wanted to cover it just because, like, I don't know, going down memory lane. You haven't yeah. lived in that apartment in, what, four years? Five? Yeah, about five years now. Four and or five years, yeah. Just going down memory lane, and I'm like, that's what I'm going to do my story on. 
because we definitely bonded over that creepy ass fucking apartment well yeah that we really did bond over that because then you'd bring that up to me and you'd be like my house if i could see someone standing down the hallway when i'm in bed uh no, they weren't standing. They were walking from room to room. Okay. They, it was like this floating fucking witch that was just like, I'm going to float from the office to the spare bedroom and <laughs> stare at you. Ugh. That's for another day, though. That's another day. But still, yeah, we definitely bonded over our haunting experiences. I don't miss the duplex. No. No. I kind of miss the apartment. Even, like, shadow people and all. That was <laughs> such a good time of my life. Yeah, no, I agree. When we were young and free. Yeah. <laughs> so my references for this story is thelineup.com, hauntedrooms.co, psychic, psychonautwiki.org, bustle.com, liveabout.com, and good old Wikipedia. Oh, thank you so much for covering that. That was awesome. You're welcome. I knew you would love this one. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that wraps us up for us. Thank you so much for listening. And please make sure to rate and leave us reviews and leave us comments. We love seeing all of the love and support. Absolutely. Um, You'll have to check us out next Tuesday as we cover tea. Yes. I don't actually know what my tea is yet, so. I think I've got one and I think it's going to be real freaky. So I love buckle it. up. I love it. I'm ready. I'm not ready. Let's be <laughs> honest here. I'm going to just be absolutely mortified the whole story, but Probably. I'm ready for it. If, if I go with what I'm thinking, yeah, you will be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think you just sit at home and you're like, what can I mind fuck Courtney with this week? Well, I don't necessarily think that. And sometimes I give you choices. So. <laughs> this is true. This This is true. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to See Is For Creepy. We put out weekly episodes every Tuesday going through the creepy alphabet. Check out our website at acast.com slash C is for creepy. Or on Facebook at C is for creepy podcast. Or on Instagram at C for creepy podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, please email us at cforcreepy at gmail.com. Artwork done by Alexis Daly. Check out her work at lexxa underscore artwork on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.